march towards freedom and justice is irreversible. I have spoken about freedom in my lifetime. Your struggle, your commitment, and your discipline has released me to stand before you today. These were among the first words that Nelson Mandela uttered as a free man on the 11th of February 1990. For 27 years, Mandela had been locked behind bars and publicly silenced for his political views. But his long life and incredible story began 71 years earlier, on the 18th of July 1918, in the rural Eastern Cape village of Mvezo. It is a place where every stone, every blade of grass, Every noise made by insects is part of me. It was here that uh, I made my first, first love, took out a young lady. So you can see how important this area is for me. Nelson Mandela registered to study for a BA degree at the University of Fort Hare in 1939, but he quit after only two years. He faced expulsion for leading food-related student protests. When the 22-year-old learnt that his family was arranging a marriage for him, he fled to the bustling streets of Johannesburg. There, the late ANC leader Walter Sisulu became his mentor and confidant. We met in 1941. I was then an estate agent. And my office was the place in which we visited by many young men coming from Native Affairs. He came to my office and I was struck by his personality. Indeed, his very character, you know, impressed me. When he's serious on a particular point of view, he's serious, he won't even smile or laugh. So that he has got all that humanity and then sharpness on certain points. Mandela experienced urban African life under apartheid in the township of Alexandra. It was characterized by widespread poverty, overcrowding and constant police harassment. Nevertheless, Mandela managed to complete his BA degree through UNISA and enrolled as a part-time law student at Wits University. In the early 1940s, Mandela married his first late wife, Evelyn Masse, joined the African National Congress and co-founded its militant youth league. The young Turks shook their mother body in the country with mass action, strikes and boycotts. These were the key features of the ANC's 1949 program of action and the defiance campaign of the early 1950s. There are many people who feel that it is useless and futile for us to continue talking peace and non-violence against a government whose reply is only savage attacks on an unarmed and defenseless people. As volunteer-in-chief of the Defiance Campaign, Mandela and over 3,500 people were arrested for deliberately breaking unjust apartheid laws. In 1955, when the ANC and its democratic allies organised the Congress of the People at Cliptown in Soweto, the apartheid government had banned Mandela. The Congress of the People gathered 3,000 delegates from all walks of life to draft a Freedom Charter. It was adopted unanimously and became the blueprint for South Africa's democratic constitution. 
At the end of 1956, Mandela and 155 other political activists were charged with treason. That's also when Mandela met his second former wife, Winnie Matikizela Mandela. The first time I saw her, I was driving town. And uh, the next thing I saw her in my office, and that's how the whole thing started. It was quite a difficult time, but uh, meeting her, of course, meant that um, I had uh, the inspiration and strength in order to face that experience. The treason trial collapsed after four and a half years in early 1961. Mandela went into hiding and co-founded the ANC's military wing, Umkontowe Siswe. He also slipped out of the country quietly and illegally to secure moral, financial and military support for the ANC's armed struggle. On his return, he was arrested at Hawick in KwaZulu-Natal and imprisoned on Robben Island. While serving his five-year sentence, he was again put on trial with key comrades who'd been arrested at Ravonia in northern Johannesburg. One of them was Mandela's close friend, Kathy Kathrada. We were careless at Ravonia. We were very careless with uh, our security. So much so that I often say, thank God we were arrested because we were going to do such drastic things that would have definitely got us hanged. With the sentence of life imprisonment, it was a relief because there was this expectation of death, particularly for people like Walter and Madiba. So the life sentence came as a relief to all of us. Mandela and his black co-accused were subjected to harsh conditions and brutal treatment on the island. For example, they weren't given shoes or hot water. They had to wear shorts and sleep on mats. For the first six months, they were forced to break stones with picks and shovels in the lime quarry. Although the Ravonia trial imprisonments dealt a huge blow to the liberation struggle, resistance to apartheid continued in South Africa and abroad. The apartheid government fought hard to stay in power. It imposed strict media laws and extended the reach of its security forces. This resulted in further acts of violence against anti-apartheid activists and ordinary South Africans. A state of emergency governed the late 1980s. The proclamation authorizing this measure was signed by me this morning and will be effective as from midnight today. Hundreds of activists were shot dead and over 30,000 detained without trial. From prison, Nelson Mandela took the initiative to engage his political adversaries in the apartheid government. Calls for the release of Mandela and all political prisoners echoed around the world. Cyril Ramaphosa was one of the campaign leaders. He had an inkling that he was going to be released and he started consultations with a broad range of people who went to visit him at Victor Fester the trade union movement, the churches, some business people and uh, people in the UDF and the youth and, and what have you. We also knew that we needed to start getting ready for his release. And inevitably, that had to involve Lusaka, which was where the ANC was. F.W. de Klerk succeeded the late P.W. Boerta as the country's last white president in September 1989. Four and a half months later, de Klerk stunned the world when he unbanned political parties such as the Communist Party and the ANC. He also announced that he was going to free Mandela.
I am now in a position to announce that Mr. Nelson Mandela will be released at the Victor Verster prison on Sunday, the 11th of February at about 3 p.m. Mandela, Mandela, Mandela. There's Mr. Mandela, Mr. Nelson Mandela, a free man taking his first steps into a new South Africa. After being silenced in jail for 27 years, Nelson Mandela made his first speech at the Grand Parade in Cape Town on the 11th of February, 1990. Friends, comrades, and fellow South Africans, I greet you all in the name of peace, democracy, and freedom for all. before you not as a prophet but as a humble servant of you the people your tireless and heroic sacrifices have made it possible for me to be here today I therefore I place the remaining years of my life in your hands. Nelson Mandela and Cyril Ramaphosa led the ANC's multi-party constitutional negotiations at Kempton Park and Gauteng's East Rand. The protracted talks with the National Party and the country's other political players experienced several hiccups that frustrated even Mandela. I am gravely concerned about the behaviour of Mr. de Klerk. He has launched an attack on the African National Congress and in doing so, he has been less than frank, even the head of an illegitimate, discredited minority regime as his, has certain moral standards to uphold. I am prepared to work with him in spite of all his mistakes. On the 27th of April 1994, 75-year-old Nelson Mandela and millions of black South Africans voted for the first time in their lives. I ask you to pray for us. I ask you to give us your wholehearted support. We ask you to give us your good wishes. That is all we need in order to secure a better life for all of you. New democratic symbols replaced the old apartheid ones. Mandela's cabinet was an all-inclusive one called the Government of National Unity. It was widely applauded for its reconciliatory policy between black and white South Africans. Mandela practiced what he preached. He even invited the late Ravonia trial prosecutor, Percy Utah, to his house. It shows a great humility of this saintly man who has done so much in a short space of time and I have no doubt whatsoever that he will achieve very much more. 
Under Nelson Mandela's leadership, South Africa was welcomed back into the international fold, including the United Nations. Future generations will find it strange that it was only so late in the 20th century that it was possible for our delegation to take its seat in the assembly, recognized both by our people and the nations of the world as the legitimate representative of the people of our country. A big question mark was how one of the greatest political love stories would unfold. But Nelson and Winnie Mandela's marriage couldn't bear the strain of almost three decades of separation. By early 1996, their marriage was legally dissolved. In view of the tensions, we have mutually agreed that a separation would be best for each one of us. I shall personally never forget the life Comrade Nobzam and I tried to share together. I part from my wife with no recriminations. I embrace her with all the love and affection I have nursed for her from the moment I first met her. I hope you'll appreciate the pain I have gone through. My wife and I. On his 80th birthday in mid-1998, Nelson Mandela married Mozambique's former first lady, Grasa Michelle. They weren't shy to share their love and affection for each other publicly. It's just wonderful that uh, after so much uh, pain I have gone through, and I believe that's also from Nelson's side, that uh, finally we found each other and we can share a life together. I think that's just wonderful. My wife and I say thank you very much. Thank you. In early 1999, Nelson Mandela voluntarily vacated the presidency after having served just one term of five years. He handed over the baton of both the ANC and the country to Thabo Mbeki. Mandela's last official speech in Parliament was emotional. Deputy President Thabo Mbeki exemplifies this approach, which is critical to the unity of our country. I call on all to give their support to his leadership, his and other voices, and those of a new generation of leaders that are emerging in answer to new historical challenges. Together, we must continue our efforts to turn our hopes into reality. The long walk continues. In retirement, Nelson Mandela highlighted the plight of children and those living with HIV and AIDS. Cyril Ramaphosa shared many private moments with him. I would characterize his leadership as, as representing the beginnings of transformation in our country, where we needed to transform South Africa from the horrible past. Former Robin Islander and Transport Minister Mac Maharaj sums up Nelson Mandela's long walk to freedom. How did Madiba achieve such extraordinary self-control? The secret, I believe, lies in his ability for introspection in the privacy of his self. Mandela's greatest achievements stem from engaging with others by proceeding from their assumptions 
in private, he never stops trying to understand the other side. We, the people of South Africa, feel fulfilled that humanity has taken us back into its bosom. The world has seen how deeply he believes in freedom, human dignity, and the right of the individual to fulfill his or her dream. I think for the rest of the world, his legacy will be the symbolism of his own character of his extraordinary gift for forgiveness and reconciliation. Nelson Mandela is a living embodiment of the highest values of the United Nations. The SABC brings you Nelson Mandela, South Africa's giant in history. 